Welcome to Bespin Ice Cream Stand. My name is Josh O'Rourke, and with me as always, Execute Order 66, Bennett Campbell Ferguson. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be uh, wiping out the entire Jedi Order with a, a couple of clones who will be terrible marksmen uh, uh, one movie down the road. It, it feels awesome. So uh, as far as news goes today, uh, again, not like a huge, huge week, but... Um, I did listen to the um, Fall of Sith podcast a couple days ago, and they interviewed the composer of um, Star Wars The Bad Batch, and he mentioned that he had already um, done 14 episodes. So word on the street is there's going to be at least 14 episodes of The Bad Batch, though uh, nobody's confirmed this otherwise. Do you think... um... What, what's what's the guy's uh, name? Kevin Kiner or Kinner? Okay, because I was wondering, because he's been a Star Wars guy going, like, way back. Because I, I, I haven't seen the Clone Wars animated series. I actually, though, did see the, the Clone Wars movie, and he wrote the, the score for that. So I, I guess he's an old hand at this point. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I, um... How how did the music compare to like John Williams? Did it feel sort of similar? You know, I, I only saw that movie once in in theaters, and it was over uh, ten years ago now. But but I gotta say, like, of the non John Williams Star Wars music I've heard, and, and you can tell me your take on this, Josh, uh, if you've found differently. But I feel like like generally non Williams Star Wars music is is pretty disappointing, with the exception of what. Ludwig Göransson did on the Mandalorian mm-hmm. because for me that was you know like paying homage to like old Star Wars and, and paying homage to westerns and in general but but Ludwig Göransson is just such a weird composer I mean I mean just the stuff he did on Black Panther and Tenet to me is so out of this world and, and kind of almost alien sounding that I, I felt like he couldn't help but bring a new distinctive flavor to it you know and, and aside from that i i still kind of feel like williams is the only one who's, who's really got it well yeah and williams is a little more like traditional you kind of know what to expect at this point yeah yeah um but yeah the mandalorian uh score i mean it's absolutely he breaks the mold in the sense of using weirder instruments and stuff you haven't really heard in like a traditional you know symphony um so yeah i really dug that as well yeah, I, I think all of us are now, you know, going around humming do 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 I think that's our new theme song. It is. It really is. <laughs> I, I read that there's a show called Star Wars Detours that's been long rumored for over a decade. Mm. Um a website called the Vulcan Reporter uh, reports that on May 4th it's coming out. But the problem is is uh, I don't trust the Vulcan Reporter. They're one of those sites that reports a lot of stuff and it's not always true. Well, and also, uh, I mean, Vulcan Reporter, you know, we're not we're not, we're not doing Trekkie stuff over here, so... <laughs> yeah, well, we know all Trekkers are, are liars, of course. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think that's sort of the rumor mill. I, I saw it all over the place, and other sites are reporting on it. But it all comes down to this Vulcan Reporter website that I, I just I don't think that they're um, 
I don't think they have journalistic integrity to the point that they're going to actually um, put out 100% quality um, as far as rumors go. So uh, I've heard the name Star Wars Detour is bandied about quite a bit over the years, but I, I've never like heard what that show would actually be if it existed. I mean, have you heard what the premise would be? Like what like period of Star Wars history it would be set in or... You know what? No, I haven't. I just know that it's a CGI show. And I think it's been... Uh, George Lucas was even somewhat involved. This was back in, I think, 2008. Okay. Um, and, you know, what, four years before they sold it to Disney. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure, like, how far it got. I see pictures on the internet of, like, goofy-looking Star Wars characters. There's Han and Lando. So I guess it's a parody of daily life in the Star Wars galaxy between episode three and episode four okay oh interesting and it's got kind of a goofy style um kind of like a goofy star wars clone wars or rebels okay but uh it's more of a a comedy about like regular people in the star wars universe and it says like just their everyday problems which (laughs) involves you know ewoks and sith lords and (laughs) you know bounty hunters and such it does seem like a funny time like for there to be a Star Wars comedy. I mean, like, like the idea of, like, what's the joke? Ha ha, all the Jedi that got slaughtered and, and the Republic is no more. Like, I, I always kind of thought that the, like, the kind of, like, prime sort of, uh, sort of, like, era for, for comedy would be, you know, any time before revenge of the sith like when the republic is at the is at the height height of its decadence like i I always had this like weird idea as a kid that i wanted to see a movie called the 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 jedi party which would be the jedi uh you know throwing some kind of like fundraiser to you know help fight the clone wars and it would be like this big bash on coruscant and you'd have (laughs) like like a a big sale yeah Maybe Mace Windu would be sulking in the corner because, you know, he's too much of a badass to join the festivities, you know. <laughs> that sounds like some good fan fiction. Also, I yeah, feel like somebody I, must have done well, that by now. Yeah, I, I may I may yet uh, actually write that, so we'll see. Yeah, let's let's see it, man. Let's see it. <laughs> um, the last news I read about was uh, the Obi-Wan series set was leaked on TikTok. Ooh. Somebody posted like a one minute video of this set on what looks like Tatooine. Uh, and I encourage you to go check it out. It's nothing crazy exciting, but um, it you, you it, it looks like classic like episode four Tatooine buildings. I, I got to say it gets me hyped for the show, but I don't really know if it really revealed anything. A lot of people are speculating that the TikTok leak is sort of somebody from Disney because it doesn't really reveal anything, but it still gets people excited about the show. Yeah, you have to wonder, uh, like, like how how much of the, you know, this stuff is, like, part of some, you know, corporate strategy, I, I guess. Like, I mean, we'll, as we, you know, talked about on, on another podcast, you know, the, the, these rumors, for instance, that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. Like, the other day I had a, you know, a revelation where I was like, wait a second, even though, even regardless of whether or not those rumors are true, Marvel and Disney totally started them because it gives people a reason to talk about that movie 
for months on end, which they want, you know, to, to build up <laughs> momentum. Oh, and it's, it's so clever too, just having people and podcasts and people on, you know, Reddit's uh, on, on the star Wars league subreddit talking about something. And even, even if it's fake, it still gets people, uh, churning the machine you know yeah well let me let me ask you this like like how how deep do, do you think like this kind of strategizing goes because there's the one school of thought that that says that you know lucasfilm really has a hard time predicting how people are going to react to certain things but then there's the other school of thought that says you know lucasfilm is a really airtight uh ship they they know what they're doing and you know, even with a film like The Last Jedi, where, you know, they couldn't have anticipated a lot of the, a lot of the response, they probably, you know, did a lot of these controversial things, knowing that they would create conversation and keep people talking about Star Wars, as opposed to, you know, being like, you know, what, you know, we didn't know people didn't want to see Kylo Ren with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that it's um, it's a very well-oiled machine, and I think that a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, is stuff we wouldn't even consider. But uh, you'd be foolish to not think that they have social media people that are uh, you know infiltrating these fan sites or you know quote-unquote leaking stuff. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, especially when there's like no news right now. There's no trailers or. Uh, posters or any like really big thing being announced right now so yeah i think they sprinkle in little nuggets to get people excited yeah and it works <laughs> well it's kind of i i feel like for us as fans it's we're in this weird sort of limbo where, where there's tons of star wars content there's all these new shows being announced we've, we've had multiple movies announced and yet like i still have this feeling of like we're in a holding pattern of sorts because the next movie is going to be Rogue Squadron. But as far as we can tell, that's just a one-off. You know, that's going to be like a Rogue One type film, a one-and-done deal. And then, well, what comes after that? Is it Taika Waititi's movie? And if so, is that going to be a one-and-done thing? Or is that going to be the start of a, a trilogy? Or, you know, for all we know, a, a longer series? Like, I, I feel like we're all kind of like waiting to see what the next decade or so of star Wars is going to look like. And I mean, speaking for myself, I'm gratified that, you know, we get to see the book of Boba Fett because God, you know, the, the 10 year old inside me is just so pumped for that. But then again, like I'm kind of like craving that classic experience of, you know, like getting excited about a, a trilogy and, you know, continuing characters on, on the big screen. And we don't, know what any of that's going to be or even when we'll see something like that again well i mean i don't think disney really knows either because i think they had their 10-year plan until uh, the movies sort of flopped particularly yeah. solo so i think uh particularly with the movies it's sort of a wait and see approach let's start getting these movies in pre-production and let's see if the hype is there or not or if maybe the tv shows um are where they're pivoting to and maybe that gets people hyped up enough that they want to see a new trilogy in five, 10 years, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I don't think they have like a grand master plan right now, at least not like Marvel. I, I think you may be right because I mean, you look at the, the rise of Skywalker and, and I think what really hurt that movie was 
just a, a, a general lack of excitement. You know, it, it didn't feel like an event where, whereas the Mandalorian, I don't know. It just, I mean, I think, I think you talked about this before, Josh, like, you know, hearing people even hearing people at work, you know, talking about it and it has that, that zeitgeisty vibe. And, and yeah. even when we're all, you know, quarantined or, or semi quarantined, like the Mandalorian still feels at least like the, the topic around the metaphorical water cooler. <laughs> you no, know? definitely. Like people who don't like star Wars or at least aren't like super crazy fans that like listen to star Wars podcasts are talking about it. And that's a huge deal. Yeah. It's something that, uh, you, you can't ignore, you know, the fact that it's beyond Star Wars. Now it's just good TV. Um, well, we're in like kind of a cool eye of the storm right now as far as podcast releases. We just did our Empire Strikes Back episode last week. We have Return of the Jedi coming up in one week from now. Um, and I, I realize like I think listening back to the Empire Strikes Back episode and hearing us sort of gush about how great it was like I kind of forget what it is about star wars i love sometimes and hearing that i was like oh yeah there are things about star wars i still like i don't have to you know just shit on it because it's uh an animated series i don't want to watch or you know <laughs> a one-off movie that i'm not into but uh yeah i was trying to think what what did we not talk about on empire because i know we skipped so much stuff oh well i'll, I'll tell you i mean we we definitely went kind of a uh, light on the Cloud City duel, which, yeah. I mean, it, it was. I mean, we said in the podcast, you know, it's a testament to how great the film is that we, you know, we're, we we kind of danced around the best thing in it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but then also, I I feel like we didn't talk uh, hardly at all about Han being uh, put in the carbon freezing chamber. No, you're right. I I think we sort of skipped the whole like last act, other than like the big moment, you know um the i am your father kind of stuff since i think you know the, the carbon freezing was what we we talked about the the least you know i, I don't want to say too much because I'm, I'm sure like when we cycle back to the movies we'll have ample time to really dig uh deep but i remember reading star wars insider as a as a kid and they had han being put in carbon freeze as on their list as the second best moment in the entire trilogy after I am your father. And I, I think my ranking would be a bit different, but at the same time, I, I understand and appreciate that ranking because the more I think about it, that was a, it's just such a radical moment. And I don't know, I, I continue to be just so uh, moved by like how that scene is a, uh, is is played i mean just the i mean just there's something so poignant about you know seeing you know harrison ford you know say you know chewy there'll be a, there'll be another time and even just like like little things like that moment when he's being you know lowered into the chamber and, and he kind of like like smiles at leia and chewy like almost like he's like trying to put on a brave face for them and you and yet you can tell like that it's hard for him you can tell that he really is afraid and he's just trying to appear you know strong for for the sake of his friends and i don't know i mean that that moment for me you know brings home so much of the humanity of uh of star wars and i think a lot of that is you know kind of specific to to empire because as is pretty well established by now you know irvin kirchner was 
was very good with the actors and you know especially he had a really good relationship with Harrison Ford so a lot of that's down to that but I mean you know I, I think a lot of it was what it comes down to is I mean that's all of Star Wars right there or at least all of good Star Wars that that's why we we care you know why you know we can blubber uh decades later about a fictional character you know being frozen in a giant rectangle by via some bullshit science <laughs> you know it's we, we care because it's you know han and he's a you know well-developed moving character with a journey <laughs> yeah and there's so much going on with the scene too you know i love you i know Han sort of smiling, and then right when he gets, you know, frozen, that, like, sort of look of absolute anguish, um, it's such a great, like, 30 seconds of, of cinema. Yeah, I mean, even just the fact of that, that iconic pose with his hands up, and, like, like almost like he's trying to block the, the vapor, or the, the steam, or whatever, I don't know, it, it's just such a, such a vulnerable position for him, and that's, you know, that's kind of a, a striking thing, and, uh, it actually reminds me of something, something J.J. Abrams said, where he, he talked about how uh, Star Wars has this history of, of kind of penetrating gender roles and kind of you know breaking them down, and that we would often in Star Wars like see men in like very vulnerable positions and, and see you know you know women whether that be Leia or you know Rey more recently and, and very like kind of like like strong uh, positions in in the story, and that's a uh, you know, I mean, we can always talk about how, you know, the films could have gone further in that regard, but they, I still think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they went pretty far. And I think there's something special about that. I agree. I can't add anything else. I, I think you said it best. <laughs> well, um, I think that's going to be it for us. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, sums it up. Yeah. I'm just uh, excited for people to hear our Return of the Jedi podcast next week. I think that was a uh, a great discussion and, and down the line, I'm excited to talk about more the, the time period between uh, uh, empire and Jedi, because that's kind of an underrated period in star Wars history. And I, I think we'll be, I think we'll be doing a, a deep dive down the road. Oh, for sure. It's so rich. And uh, you know, obviously there's, there are stories being told between there, whether it's shadows or whatever, but yeah, I really look forward to that. Um, I just started reading shadows of the empire, the book, since I can't get past that IG-88 level on the Nintendo 64 game. So I had to continue <laughs> the story somehow. <laughs> I love it. I'm into it. <laughs> well, um, that's it for us today. You can find me on Twitter at IamJosho85. Ben is at THOBinnett with two N's and two T's. And THOMovieReview.wordpress.com. You can also catch Ben on his Spidey Scenes podcast. And uh, we'll be doing one in a couple weeks about the Great Crane sequence, Stanley's cameo, uh, James Franco's amazing uh, performance. <laughs> Just kidding. I love it. I love it. Uh, anyway, so much to talk catch about. Catch that at the Spidey Scenes podcast. Until next time, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.